I'm just very, I'm very determined. <laughs> um, and I can be very stubborn. Um, no. So I just keep going. Good. You know, because that has a lot in store for me. So why stop when I can just keep going full force? Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a Bible verse, Colossians 1.17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations, they are an invitation. Because as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, digital media operates from a distance. And that is not what's best for us, with God, or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Well, hello, and welcome back to Christ in All Things. Uh, I'm Pastor Jason Schockman. And I'm host. Pastor Lance O'Donnell. Our co-host, sort of. Indeed. We do this together, and it's great fun. Uh, and to get today, uh, we have Adriana Lubner with us. Uh, we've been talking with you, Adriana, about uh, the things that formed you. And first you mentioned God, who fearfully and wonderfully made you, uh, knit you together. We talked about your family, uh, growing up as the number three of eight siblings, uh, and and hearing that your name came from one of your brother's swim practice or swim lessons, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we talked about your mentors. Uh, we talked about your uh, running. And, and as we got toward the end of that conversation about running, uh, we found ourselves in the midst of Romans chapter 5. Pastor O'Donnell, can you lead us in that, into this conversation by reading that for us? We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Romans 5. Verses. Uh, that should be five or 3 through 5. 3 through 5. So, Adriana, other than the the goal of the end of that, which is a hope that does not disappoint us because... God has poured out his spirit into our hearts. What, what sticks out of that for you? And what parts of what, what has really formed you out of those, out of that description? As a Christian, we face a lot of challenges. Um, and someone is always going to be there. The devil's always there to beat us down and tell us otherwise in the world. And, we are just constantly getting hit down, but it's our hope that's in Christ that we just continue to cling to and to persevere um, and to run the race that he has set before us. Um, and it's just so comforting to know that even though you're going to go through those hills and valleys and mountains and you know, you're know you going to have so many challenges in life that God is always there um, to be there with you and help you persevere and um, and walk alongside you because 
suffering produces that perseverance and builds our character, and we have that hope in Christ. I wonder, though, if for us uh, in Christ, that is true, that suffering produces perseverance. I wonder if, if that's true for people that maybe aren't in Christ or don't know Christ. Uh, does suffering always produce perseverance? I don't know that it does. If you're not in Christ. Yeah. I would agree. But because, as you so well articulated, because we are in Christ, right? When we suffer, we know who is truly holding us together. It is Christ in all things, right? We know where our strength truly comes from, and it's not us. No. <laughs> Thank God. Right? Uh, uh, as, as one older, well, older pastor, a pastor from days long ago once said, uh, I'm so glad that God's in charge of the church because I would have messed it up greatly by now all on my own or something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah. Adriana, you were talking, when we left off at part one, we were talking about perseverance mm -hmm. and we had the sense you wanted to keep going there. So tell us a little bit of what, you, you know, where you were, what you were thinking or, or did I, or did I misread that? I was kind of finished. You but were I kind can of finished. Yeah, no, no, that's all right. So, well, go back to. Was there another? So, you we talked about running, mm -hmm. but there was something else to come. Yes. Okay. What's that? Um, I have always had a love and a passion for going on mission trips. Yeah. So I have done quite a few of them. I went to El Salvador and I went to India, Houston, um, and then just different ones in the U.S. Um, but it's those mission strips that have really drawn me closer to God and opened my eyes in many different ways and has built my character into who I am today. Um, one of the ones that I was in, especially when I was in India. So when I was in India, depending upon what village you're in, they speak different languages because in their village, they kind of have their own language. Um, and I didn't know any of their languages at all. And we were um, in an orphanage, and it's an LCMS one called Bethania. And we were there, and even though we were interacting with the kids and we were worshiping with them, and we had no clue what they were saying and telling us. Like, it was just so amazing how you could still interact and, like, share God's love and, like, talk about it. But even though, like, you couldn't, it's really hard to put into words, but, like, you couldn't understand them, but you could at the same time. Like, you didn't know how to translate what they were saying, but yet you still. It is, it is astonishing, even secular content, it is astonishing what you, when you absolutely have to, what you can communicate with body language mm -hmm. and tone, you know, even if you're not speaking the same language, as it were. Especially when you're speaking about the same love, mm -hmm. when you're speaking with other people who know that forgiveness, mm -hmm. who know that grace, and, and that's the thing that you're all talking about together, even though you're using different languages, there's a joy in that forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious on the India thing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, when you went, did they consider you of a different cast? Um, yeah, we definitely stood out. Um, we tried really hard, just like even in our appearance to like try to fit in. Um, it's a very Hindu populated area. Um, but it was interesting because when we were there, they found out that we were coming. Um, and when we were in one of these villages, a Hindu family had invited us into their house, um, which was very interesting and asked us to pray for one of their children that was really hurt um, and that God would bring healing upon them. And it was just eye-opening because as you came in and you saw like all these different statues and things and lights and like is very interesting um, and very different than what I'm used to, definitely culture shock. Um, and then to see them kind of know that there's definitely something more and they usually segregate themselves a lot more and don't interact with Christians. So that was very interesting to see them bring us into their home. So would you have been considered higher caste? In or that just family size, yeah. yes. Okay. But lower caste to everybody else. Um, because you weren't from India. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they really liked Americans, so they would like walk around and take pictures of us. And it was very interesting. Um, Life in a fishbowl. Yes. Uh-huh. So. Do you, do you find that that experience holds kind of across your mission trip experiences where there, there are groups that just want to watch the missionaries. They don't necessarily want to interact with them. They just want to watch them. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Can you repeat the question? <laughs> There's a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah. So w when you've gone on mission trips before, mm -hmm. you've, you've experienced that there's there seems to always be a group of people that don't want to interact, mm -hmm. but they really want to watch. Mm -hmm. Like they want to stand off to the side and just watch these missionaries, just watch these Christians. What are, what are you guys doing? Right? Why do you, why do you think that is? They're seeking. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And do, they, do you think they even know what they're seeking for? Sometimes No. Most of the time, probably not. Um, some of the time, possibly. Um, but they just kind of know that there's something more to life. One missions trip that I was on, uh, we were in Houston, and we were just walking around, and we were asking people what life is really about. And it just kind of opened up that door because once they gave their answer, then nine times out of ten, they would reverse it and then ask us. Um, and that was a really big eye-opening and faith-growing experience for me because I didn't really do a lot of like evangelism. Like I don't really walk around being like, oh, do you know about Jesus? And like, you know, <laughs> so it was a little bit different. Right. Uh, but it was a huge faith-growing experience and taught me to be more vocal and outgoing in my faith. Um, so that was very interesting because some of the people were like, well, why do you believe that? Well, tell me more about that. And then it also opened up a lot of doors because some people were really strong Christians. And one place that we were at, it was our waitress. And she was like, well, actually, it's really cool that God placed you here right now because I was supposed to be in church, but then I got called into work. And, but then God brought you guys to me. Mm -hmm. So then we went out um, and we prayed with her. And it was just really cool to kind of see the connections because God is always there. Doing his thing. Doing his thing. <laughs> Yeah. Which is usually more than one thing at a time. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I, I have a sister that constantly reminds me of that. 
you know. You'd think after 15 years of being a preacher, right, a pastor, not just a preacher, but a pastor, I'd have figured out that like God's always doing more than one thing at a time. How quickly I forget. Easy enough. Yeah. Yeah. So the things that formed you, first God, then your family, then your mentors, be they coaches or 4-H mentors, uh, then running, mm -hmm. and then missions, mm -hmm. going on trips, leaving home, more Lubner running away from home, uh, taking the gospel with you, mm -hmm. knowing that as you go into these experiences where there is suffering, you have a perseverance that is given you by Christ that influences your character, that, that plants you solid on a hope that can be shared. And then the joy of sharing the reason for the hope that's in you when you have those conversations. With all of that unloaded, how do you, how do you like live a quote-unquote normal life in the midst of knowing all that you know and having been formed by the gospel in the way that you have? And when I say normal life, I mean kind of a quote-unquote normal life, mm -hmm. right? Because... I have this sense that for you and I, uh, and and O'Donnell too, right? This this is normal now. Mm -hmm. um, Which praying, yeah. going to going to church, talking, talking about to, Jesus, talking to people yeah. about Jesus, talking, about, talking to people you don't know mm -hmm. about Jesus, right? Yeah, I mean, many many Christians and per perhaps our listeners might be so taken aback by the fact that, that you would like just openly have a conversation with a completely random stranger about Jesus and about the depth of why they think the world works the way it does and why you think the way the world works the way it does. And, and the reason I ask this question is how hard is it really Adriana to, to do those things? At times it's challenging, but really it's just, I mean, like I said, you have those hills and values valleys and you go through different things in life that are challenging, but just living out your faith day to day, like it's just a way of life. Like I don't think about it. I just do it. Right. Like this is what God called me to do. He placed me at this exact place um, in time because that's where he wants me. It's his plan for me. And I just don't even think about it. So like, you know, when you're giving a cup of cold water to someone that's thirsty or feeding somebody that's hungry or giving clothes to somebody who, who needs them, um, you, you just do it because that's life and that's what's in front of you. And this, this day mm -hmm. is the day the Lord has made. And so you rejoice and you're glad in it, even if it's a day of suffering, mm -hmm. because God is at work in the midst of it. And this is when you do this for the least of these, you do it also for me. Mm -hmm. So Christ is in all things, even, even when we don't think it's all that glamorous or significant mm -hmm. or huge I mean, we talk about mission trips and going on mission trips. And I joke about, you know, Lubner running away from home. When the fact of the matter is, the way that you live out your life on a daily basis is so foreign to many people, but it's completely normal to you. It's a life on mission, mm -hmm. regardless really of where you are. Yeah. And that's what my parents also always instilled in me because I'm like, oh, I'm going to go and I feel like God's going to call me to be a missionary. And my mom's like, yeah, 
Like if that's what God calls you to do, we fully support that. But always know like every moment of every day, like you're li- you're in the mission field, you're living it out. And that's what they always instilled in me um, because of their faith in Christ. And it became really evident to me in college too. I was working at Sunburst, which is a ski and snowboard um, mountain. And I was a snowboard instructor. And during our times when we didn't have lessons, I would bring my homework. And I was at Concordia at the time, and I was in Lutheran Confessions. So I would bring my Lutheran Confessions, and I would read it during um, the Book of Concord by Slope style. Yeah, and my Bible, and I would do my homework. So they would ask me, what are you reading? What are you doing? And I was like, well, let me just tell you. Um, but it was interesting because there was one guy that I worked it with in particular, and he would always ask me, and this was a time that I was also fighting with the pain in my hip, and we were trying to figure out what was wrong and different things like that. And he was like, why are you so happy? Why do you have such a positive outlook on life? Like, I know you said you have these challenges and this and that, but like, why do you think that way? Like, what makes you make these choices? And like, how do you know that that's what you're meant to do? Like, and just different things like that. And it was like, whoa. Like, and at times, like, I wasn't even talking about God, but it really, like you said, He's constantly working through you all the time. Um, and that your actions and just how you walk around and talk, like, it's evident to others that there's something else going on. And it's not, like you said, it's not the normal. I'm, I'm struck. I want to go back to the, well, the question on how do you, how do, how do you have a conversation yeah. with somebody about Jesus? And this is one of the reasons, one of the reasons I like the two questions that our interview format is based on. How about you just get to know the person, mm-hmm. yeah. ask them what their name is, ask them what it means. And even if it does, they don't know. There's is there a story behind your name? Like start, and then, you know, I mean, we kind of stumbled across the latter the latter question. But if you actually pursue it, if if you got time with somebody, what are the who are you? You know, what are what are the things that really kind of formed who you are? And I mean, we could talk all day, mm-hmm. couldn't we? Yeah. And and if you're you know, if if you're a, Christ, a Christian and answer and asking those questions, and attentive, right, you will see sometimes what the other person might not. You will see God at work. Yeah. So and, how about just get to know people, right? And so, the, and this was part of the reason that I asked the question the, the way that I did. Yeah. Is how do you how do you do this and live a quote unquote normal life? And the answer is, you just live the life that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you get to know the people around you and you invest in them and you invest in relationship with them. And along the way, you see it along the way you see, as you said, Pastor O'Donnell, often something that the other person doesn't see. That's just crystal clear. Oh, well, (laughs) I don't know that God is only doing this. In fact, he's probably never only doing one thing, but wow, it really seems like you've been shaped by this along the way, right? Um, Adriana and I have talked several times now, uh, one, it, it, uh, just a couple of times about your trap shooting, which I was totally blown away by the first time, no pun intended, by the way, uh, the first time you shared that with me, uh, 
And it seems like every time we start swapping stories, uh, Lubner has a story in which she gets hurt. <laughs> and, and, and doesn't say anything about it or doesn't do anything about it and just soldiers on, as it were, in pain. Now, where'd that come from? Well, I have lots of stories that I don't get hurt in. Oh, um, I need to hear more of those too, but not right now. Yeah. yeah. So how, where does that come from? That, that desire to just keep going. I think again, that stems obviously God working through my parents, but just keep going because th- my parents would always tell me and they still do to this day, like you better get over this little hill you're on because there's a big mountain coming up and you better prepare for it because it's only going to get harder from here. Um, so just keep going. And I'm just very, I'm very determined <laughs> um, and I can be very stubborn. Um, no. So I just keep going. Good. You know, because I have a lot, God has a lot in store for me. So why stop when I can just keep going full force? On that on that note, we got just maybe five minutes here. You're a kindergarten teacher. Mm-hmm. Why kindergarten? It is one of those grades that is the most challenging, but yet most rewarding because it's kind of a catch-all because you take them from not knowing a lot of letters or maybe they do some depending upon where they're at and then moving them to reading um and learning all of those different skills and then their faith like and so many things click during that time um you're seeing them click socially and emotionally their faith and they're so how they talk too like Sometimes their answers are so simple, but yet like so profound. Um, the other day there is a student and she was worried about us coming back and being alone. And I, we said, yep, we'll be right here. And she's like, well, I know I'm not alone because God is always with me. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. And like, it's just those things that it's like that childlike faith, um, and I just, I don't know. I just love, love those littles. But I also love the big kids. I was going to say, she loves the littles. But then you may have may have not caught this, but I'll remind you. Uh, she also refers to herself as the middle school youth director. Which she is. And I love it. Uh, and it's, it's great to work with you in teaching at that level uh, when we get together with the middle school youth. Mm-hmm. So what, what draws you to the middle school youth? Um, One of the reasons why, when I first came here, so I had the option of, do you want to work with high schoolers or do you want to work with the middle schoolers? And I chose the middle schoolers because of the relationship building. Um, I am in the building and seeing them most of the time every day or passing the hallways, different things like that. So I'm able to build that relationship Mm -hmm. because building those relationships, and as you both said, like having those conversations like they build trust in you and then that opens the door for those conversations um, and kind of helps build their faith and they find comfort in coming to you, which is a great opportunity for us to share more about that. And relationships really are key. Um, so that's why I chose middle school. And I love, I love all ages. I really do. Um, so that was kind of the main reason so I could be in the building and make those connections with them and, um, kind of help mentor them because I had so many mentors growing up that I wanted to be that person for them. Which really does take us backwards 
to where it's God who formed them and their parents in, inculcated into them who they are. And then you wanted to be a mentor for them so that they could run the race marked out before them and live out the mission that Christ is working through in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind, kind of like who you are. Mm-hmm. So you just wanted to be who you are. And we're so very glad that you're willing to share who you are with us mm-hmm. in our life together here at St. Paul's. Pastor O'Donnell, is there anything you want to circle back to or add to? I just think it's marvelous that uh, you love to work with little squirts all day long. It is a particular challenge. I also would say as we as we come to a close here, your, your training in perseverance uh, was put to the test immediately here. You're in your four here? Entering four, yeah. Fourth year here. Adriana followed a legend. Roxy Gerlach was her predecessor who taught kindergarten for the better part of 40 years. And and in, in Adriana, in Adriana, a lot of people couldn't do that. Follow a legend. Who still lives in the building. <laughs> yeah, who's still around and, and helping. And and you and I Adriana, I'm deeply appreciative and admiring of it. Cause you said, Game on. <laughs> yeah. I can run this race. <laughs> yeah. So right, this is what the I you know, and this is what the Lord has put in front of me. And and you came with your own gifts and a recent graduate and your own fascinating experience as a as a homeschool kid, but also active and all and and you just embraced it. And a, a lot of people couldn't have handled it. But you said, Okay, let's go. And and good gravy. I mean the Lord gave you some challenges mm-hmm. and still does. Mm-hmm. And and you ran with it. So I'm super thankful for you and delighted that the, the time we've had to, to, for the people of St. Paul's and our community by virtue of this to get to know you better because you are a fascinating human being. Totally agree. God bless and keep you all as Christ works in all things. For show notes and other information about this or other episodes of Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. To support Christ in All Things, click the donate page at either ChristInAllThings.org or SPLCO.org. In thanks for a one-time gift of $100 or more, you receive a pair of nerdy blue light blocking glasses with the Christ in All Things logo on them. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. Patrons who subscribe for a monthly gift of $20 or more will have early access to the show and receive some on-air clapping, as well as a pair of Wisconsin-made Christ in All Things hiking socks. Gifts of $1,000 or more will receive thunderous on-air clapping <laughs> and a word of thanks, plus a handmade leather Christ in All Things folio by the Murdy Creative Company. For a gift of $10,000 or more, we will go bleeping bananas. <laughs> Do a happy dance and take the show on the road to your home or wherever it is you'd like to fly us to record with you. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. 
Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or call us at 262-567-5001. Intro, outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl, copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.